0: This is Wealth Radio on News Radio, KLBJ, with author and wealth manager Chris Herline of REIT Financial, retirement, estate, asset protection, money,
1: money, money, money,
0: Chris is here to help answer your questions about living the life you want in retirement. Reach out now at 512 249 7300. 512 249 7300. Or Chris at WealthRadio.com. That's Chris at WealthRadio.com. Now, here's Chris Herline.
1: Money, 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 money.
2: We welcome everybody to Wealth Radio. I'm Chris Herline, partner at Reap Financial and host of Wealth Radio, right here on News Radio KLBJ every Saturday, 1 p.m. Thank you for making. As part of your weekend, I've got a great guest today, a good friend of mine. His name is Steve Sissler, and what a great talent! He works with business owners and successful individuals, top level executives, entrepreneurs all over the country. And it's a great honor to have him today as we've got a real unique topic to dive into. Steve, welcome to the program today.
3: Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here.
2: Great to have you, man. And it's not been the easiest year when it comes to the financial markets. People are concerned with recession. You know, is it here? Is it coming next year? Depending on who you listen to. Obviously, everybody's stock portfolios have felt the jitters and the volatility this year. As investors, we all have different personality types. We all approach money differently. And in your role for your clients, you help define these type of personalities. You help make sense of how to serve their employees best and help me serve my clients best. That's what you do here. And so again, thanks for joining us. When you look at the psychology of investors out there and you and I were talking before the program, it's people, people, work with REAP Financial. They work with my firm because they want to make money. Oftentimes I'm reminding our investors that money is just a piece of it, right? It's just a piece of building an amazing life of significance. What do you see out there?
3: Yeah, I agree. Money is a, a piece of it, but relationships are a really big piece. It's actually the biggest piece because there's human beings in the world. You really can't get away from them and you're either married to one or you came from one, but they're there. But how we deal with these issues is different based upon the way our brains are wired there's different kinds of high net worth personalities, you could say. People that are what I call freedom seekers. They seek to make a lot of money. They see investing as a means to an end. And they're not really interested in processes. They want a product. Everything's the end game. They think like a shotgun. It's it's BBs everywhere. So that's one approach. The opposite approach is a sniper. So that person doesn't pull the trigger until they know they're going to hit a bullseye. So depending upon how you're wired, it's going to depend on how you approach everything from your relationships to your money, to your future endeavors. And so once you understand the wiring, you can look and see if is this working for you? If it's not, we'll know why.
2: It's interesting how some of these personality types that we see and work with, a lot of them can kind of get in their own way when it comes to money and how they manage, how they think about it. Sometimes you can be your own worst
3: enemy. Well, absolutely. So there are certain people, we call them emotional hoarders. Sounds bad, but what they do is they see the world is cruel, cold, and dark. It's called possessive. We can call it preserving. So that preservation, good example, former vice president Al Gore, his whole role in the world now is protecting the earth from all the bad people, right? So he sees things from a negative perspective, and it needs to be protected. So these types of people take all of their possessions, everything they own in relationships, finances, they pull it into a safe guarded position to keep it safe from hostile forces. So they're limited in what they're going to risk. And so they play everything safe, some of them to the point of where when they get to the end of their life, they don't have anything because they never gambled. They never took a risk because they have a high fear orientation. And oftentimes, if they don't trust you, then they won't work with you. And they are the hardest people to convince of something good for them if they don't see it or agree with it.
2: You've got a way of reading people's mail. And I what I'm seeing a lot with families right now, particularly families that aren't clients of ours, but maybe are consulting with us and maybe coming our direction. When the markets get crazy like this, people get paralyzed. They don't make decisions. Even those that you kind of mentioned at the top of our segment, there's those that are going to make calculated decisions. Even those types we're seeing are definitely more cautious right now, mm-hmm. but being paralyzed. And there's a lot of opportunity missed mm-hmm. in things like this. You know, if you're sitting in cash right now, you may feel like a hero. Mm-hmm. But the question is, when do you get in to capture the upside? When you think about the tax situation in our country right now with tax rates at 40 year lows, what are you doing right now to take advantage of that? So what I'm hearing you say with the types of personalities you've talked about so far is obviously, you know, there's some that that are going to make quick decisions, some that you say are going to sit on the sidelines or never make a decision. How do you overcome something like this, particularly in the season I'm talking about right now?
3: One of the biggest misunderstandings ever is the fact that there's a future. I would encourage everybody listening to go and stand in front of a clock for as many hours as you can. I don't care if it's 50 to 100 hours. It'll never be tomorrow. You can stand in front of a clock for 70 years and it's never not today. Now, it's a mind bend. The future is an illusion. And when people think too much about a time that doesn't exist they rob from their present opportunity Mm. you have to realize all you have is right now that's all you've got there's no past that's history there's no future it's mystery all you got is the present right now and you have to trust yourself And you have to understand something and come to terms with it. Sometimes you make good decisions and sometimes you don't. That's life. But you got to be willing to fail. Those are the people that make gains. When your mind is focused on a future, it's called overly self-directed. When you focus on the future, you miss what's happening in front of you. Like some people, they're not thinking about who they are. They're always thinking about who they're becoming, They're not thinking the money they've got right now. They're already thinking about the money they're going to be making. Well, if you're not doing something right now, the money in your future won't show up Mm -hmm. because it's based on what you're doing today. So if you want to grow your net worth, you're going to have to take some risks. People are either or. They either take the hill or they hold the fort. You got to know when to do both. You got to know when to hold that fort and you got to know when to take the hill. And the best advice that I try to give people, and I've worked with with a lot of wealth management organizations, not only in this country, and I try to help them. I know when they're strict on themselves, their thinking is strict and limited and they are fearful. And I know when they're too loosey goosey and I'm able to help them. Look, you got to have somebody in your life that you know and trust and that cares as much about your life as you do. Those people are hard to find. I work with you, Chris, because I believe you're one of those people. And in that process, you have to trust someone other than just yourself, because if you're your own worst enemy, you'll die in this war. You got to have people that are advocates for you, that are not your enemies, that are on your side. And it's a process. And again, we can't win them all, but we can certainly win some and some is better than zero. And so every human being goes through a process in their work, in their life, in their relationships. And I call it the process of crystallization. It always starts out with a revelation like, oh, my God, you're the most beautiful person I've ever met. I can't wait to be with you, for example. Or this is the best job I've ever had. Or this is the greatest financial tool I've ever found. And then that creates inspiration. And then they get inspired and motivated. Then motivation kicks in. But then what starts to happen is formalization. It starts to formalize and then institutionalization. It's just like a marriage. It starts off with a revelation. Oh, my God. And then it moves quickly to formalization. Now we're in tuxes and dresses and you got to stand here and you got to say that. You got to do this. And then it moves into institutionalization. We have a fence. We got a dog. We got a car. We got a house. We got a mortgage. And then before you know it, we're in crystallization. And that crystallized process keeps you from going anywhere. And the only way out is to get a fresh revelation to start it all over again. I have to constantly get fresh revelations of why I do what I do, why I'm married to the person I'm married to, or whatever the case may be. You have to keep updating the file. And so when I work with somebody, I do a whole battery of psychometrics and I end up with their whole brain wiring. I know exactly what this house looks like. I know if there's three eight doors, three O doors, two eight doors. I know the size of the bathroom. I know what's going on in their head. And I can say, look, this is why you do this. I just got off the Zoom with somebody before I started speaking with you today. And I said, you know what your issue is? You settle for what you can get. You don't even fight for what you want. And you end up staying too long in a situation because what you're doing is you're holding the fort and you're afraid to take the hill. And the reason why you do it is because you don't think you deserve it. And his eyes got really big and he goes, you just explained my life in 10 seconds. And so to see his face is to see the revelation happen. And then it's like, what do we do from here? What's our next step? Like it clicked, he got it. And now it's like, now how do I get out of this? What do I do? And then we'll walk through that and we'll get there and it won't take that long. But you come to a, a recognition that this isn't working. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: We've got a lot more coming up today in this hour. Keep it right here. This is Wealth Radio. I'm Chris Harwine. We'll be right back.
0: 512 249 7300 is the number to reach Chris and the Wealth Radio team. That's 512 249 7300. Set up a time for your complimentary retirement and tax analysis. 512 249 7300 or take advantage of our free retirement resources at wealthradio.com. That's wealthradio.com. Now, Now. back to Wealth Radio on News Radio, KLBJ.
3: in the buy,
2: buy, buy, buy. Welcome back. I'm Chris Herline, host of Wealth Radio right here on KLBJ. In the studio with me today, honored to have a friend of mine and a business consultant to many successful business owners here in America. Steve Sisler, welcome back with us, man.
3: Thanks, Chris.
2: You know, what we're focused on today is a lot of the different personality types of investors and successful families out there, successful entrepreneurs. And uh, you covered two of the nine we're trying to cover today and uh, I'm going to leave it back over to you. You know, we've got listeners that are just literally getting in their car turning on the radio right now. Just recap the first two and then let's get moving on the uh the rest of them here.
3: Okay, so I talked about the freedom seeking types and their goal isn't money, it's freedom. In order to get the freedom, they have to have money. <laughs> yeah. Right? So money is a means to an end which is freedom. And they see investing as a necessary means to the end, which is freedom. So they only do it to get freedom. That's one type. They're not interested in processes or wealth management or all that. They're interested in shortcuts and quick fixes, typically. Then you've got those that are the fear-driven types, and I'll call those the hoarders. And what they do is they see spending as a threat and they see the world is dark and hostile. So they got to bring everything they have into a fortified position to protect it from all hostile forces. It's like mm-hmm. living in a barred castle with a drawbridge with alligators. And so they're fist tight, they're misers, you know, they nickel and dime everything when they've got money to burn. And so they don't like to let go. And they're the hardest people to convince to let anything go and trust because they're distrusting by nature. Yeah. Another one I call a caregiver Their dominant focus is taking care of everybody except themselves. Mm -hmm. So this is laying up an inheritance for their children's children, as King Solomon said. And so they're out to make it safe for everybody else. They're more conservative in their thinking, and they tend to be theoretically driven in their thinking, which means they like to learn and research and get the knowledge necessary to be able to do what they believe they need to do. There are risk takers. These people just do it for the excitement. They're the people that are in the casinos. All well, those the gamblers. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, everything they do is, daddy needs a new pair of shoes. I'm going to risk this. I had a guy that was like that, and he gave 400 bucks to a homeless guy. And he made a bad investment, lost $300,000 in cash. Really? Uh, it wasn't paper. And I said, what are you going to do now? He's like, make more money. Always so, more to be made. <laughs> yeah, it was funny, but that's a substantial loss. And he didn't see it as such. It's just power of the course for him. I worked with him and really helped him with saving and come to find out he uh, had a brother in the business that stole 900 grand from the company. He didn't even know it. I discovered that uh, working with that business. I worked with them for eight years.
2: Our listeners right now are, they're identifying. This is what Steve Sisler does. He can read individuals in ways I've never seen before. And when we talk about the caregiver that type of personality where you're you're concerned about everybody else but yourself. I could see myself as that type of personality. And I know we got more to cover today, but I was working with a gentleman one time that called that type of personality a human doer, right? He's not a human being. He's just focused on everybody else and, and almost seeks pleasure in the fact that people call him with all problems and his job mm-hmm. is to make them right. Mm-hmm. And that can be a very hard
3: place to get yeah. out
2: of. I'm curious how you counsel individuals that identify with this.
3: Yeah, no, that's, that's great, Chris. That type, that caregiving type, let me tell you what it is. It's an emotional act of penance, okay? What is penance? It's paying for their sins. So these are people that see themselves as unworthy and terrible. So each person has intrinsic value. And when we look at ourselves, we either see it or we don't. We also have two different types of value in the intrinsic value piece. We have a transposition and a composition. The composition is our goodness. And the transposition is our character flaws, our weaknesses. Some people see their weaknesses as worse than they actually are. Some people see their goodness is not as good as it actually is and vice versa on both of those. And so people that are all about everybody else, not about themselves, do not see themselves of having any value. Everybody else has it. And so their goal is to focus on what's important, and that's not them. Human beings as creatures, as conscious creatures, focus on what's important. Kids that do their homework, they think it's important. Kids that don't, they don't think it's important. People who give to other people, but they don't give to themselves don't see themselves as important. They see other people as important, but the problem is everybody else sees it as benevolence. So they praise them for it. And this keeps their narrative running. That's not true. And they don't get out. And what I do is I work with people like that in an effort to help them see themselves as they are, not as they think they are. And then if you don't focus on yourself, nobody else is going to do it. And the people that are doing it, aren't doing it for you. They're doing it. So they feel like they're worthy to be in the planet. It's really not benevolence. (laughs) right it's self-preservation yeah so there's a whole lot wrapped up in that but that's what it is and when you start working people through it and show them how it works and helping them with their thinking it's not hard to get them out
2: yeah when I think about the risk taker or what I call the the gambler type of mindset personality out there a lot of these people they've had great success they've had great failures you know in our first segment today we were talking about a personality type that will never, Take the step, they won't take the risk. I mean, even small risk, right? Mm-hmm. And um to a fault in many cases, yeah. you know, the gambler can find himself back to square zero, just thinking, Hey, I got plenty of time to do it all over again. How do you talk and break through with what I figure is probably one of the tougher personalities to relate with and talk to?
3: Yeah. So, When I talk to those that live the life of scarcity, which are the hoarding types, I help them understand that the way they view the world is based upon a bias. I'm able to measure it. You can measure it. It's called axiology. It's the science of human values. It's how we value the world and it's how we value ourselves, which is known as the inner world. So there's certain phrases that they have to arrange in a position of agreement. There's 18 phrases. Like one of those phrases is I enjoy being myself. Another one of those phrases is the more I understand my place in the world, the better I get in my work. Another phrase is I like my work. It does me good. So I just got off a Zoom with a person who's a wealth manager. He's an advisor. And the first thing in the list of 18 things was I like my work. It does me good. Well, that's the wrong order. But what he's saying is if I'm not working, I'm not good. Now, he didn't know that until I pointed it out. I took him into the back of the assessment and I showed him his answers and how he lined them up. And you should have seen his face. And then the next thing, the more I understand my place in the world, the better I get in my work. It was work, 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 work. No self. Matter of fact, I love my work was in the sixth position. It should be in the second position. Hmm. giving away the answers now. But the point I'm making is, He liked his work more than he loved it because it did something for him. So when your work is doing something for you, you do something for it constantly and you don't stop and you end up a workaholic and you lose out on your family time. I was working with a business owner who's been in business almost 40 years. He's got up at 5.30 and got home at six for 40 years. He doesn't even know his wife. They've been married 30 some odd years and he's getting ready to retire. And I said, I want you to start taking Fridays off. He lasted two weeks and fired me. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So that man will retire alone because his wife already told me she's done and he's unable. There are some people, they can't be moved. And so once you find out what your bias is, where you lean, then you know what to aim for. Think of a wine barrel with 36 slats all around it. And then each slat is at a differing height. The wine only rises to the level of the lowest slat, and then it starts leaking out. When I run you through psychometrics, I find the lowest slat. I can find it in two minutes. And then you raise that, you got wine this week. Right. You fix that, we got wine right away. And that's how we do it. And then when that slats up, we look for the next lowest one. We keep getting the wine more into the barrel until you're full. And yep. that's the life you want, the fullness of everything that you can have. And people talk about being givers. You can't give money if you're broke. (laughs) It's so true, man. (laughs) Yeah, You know, and so some people have a poor relationship with money. They feel negative about it. They see negative. I find this in people that are more religious. You know, they see it as a negative. It's to be given away. You can't lay up treasure in heaven. These kinds of thoughts. And then they get up and later in years, they're like, what the hell was I thinking? Yeah. And so there's so much here that when you look at a type, you can tell where their challenges are and then you can help them overcome them.
2: I'm on today with Steve Sisler, one of the foremost authorities when it comes to behavioral coaching. Uh, you can see him and see more of what he does for successful business owners at behavioralresourcegroup.com. I always Google Steve Sisler. It's S-I-S-L-E-R. You'll find plenty on him. I work with Steve personally, and I've asked him to join us today, this Saturday, as we're talking about the different personalities and mindsets Of investors out there. And this show is about your life and money. And money oftentimes can be one of the smallest pieces when it comes to building a life of significance. So we've covered four personality types today the freedom seekers, the financial hoarder, the caregiver, the risk taker, or what I call the gambler. And there's still another five coming up in our next segment. This is Chris Herlein Wealth Radio. Keep it right here. It's time for the news.
1: This big old I've been thinking...
0: Be sure to catch Chris during the 6 p.m. News Hour every Monday and Wednesday on KXAN Channel 36, right here in Austin. And set up a retirement and tax analysis with Chris and the team at Reap Financial now at 512 249 7300. We'll be right back on Wealth Radio. On News Radio, KLPJ. Stay connected to Wealth Radio during the week at
2: wealthradio.com. All right, welcome back. Chris Herline here, and uh, this is Wealth Radio where we talk about your life, your money, and I just want to encourage. Our listeners, you can go to wealthradio.com, tune into past week's shows, and also click the microphone button right there on the homepage. You can submit your questions in real time. We'll look forward to getting to those in upcoming week's show. Today, I've got a special guest, a good friend of mine, Steve Sisler of the Behavioral Resource Group. Steve literally is one of the foremost experts in the world when it comes to personality assessment. He works with a lot of business owners, successful entrepreneurs, top-level executives. And we're honored to have you here today, Steve, as we've talked about so far about four different personality types. We we got the freedom seeker, the financial hoarder, the caregiver, the risk taker, the gambler, that I call it. And uh, we are barely scraping the surface here today. Let's go into the other types that you see.
3: So another type is called the grower. It's all about gaining more and more and more. So they only focus on performance oriented investments typically. And they tend to live like they're broke. King Solomon said, he that has money never has money enough. (laughs) And so it's those types. Their goal is just accumulating more and more and more. They fill up the barn. They never really give any of it out. Another type is a power player. It's all about control. So having money is having power. They tend to be super decisive, forward thinkers, and they tend to be dominant. They push forward. They have all windshield, no rear view mirror. They never look behind them. Yeah. Another type is the confused. It's people that are frustrated with money. They don't understand it. They see it as work. They see it as complicated. They don't like technical talk. They typically pick people as advisors that they feel good about. They make that decision emotionally, not based on any knowledge because they have none. Hmm. So they're high trust people. And they will often trust the wrong people if they're not careful. And then the final type, the creatives, everything is innovative, sophisticated, complex, and they like to be different for different sake. So they'll invest in things that most people do not invest in, in hopes of setting themselves apart from everybody else. This is what we call individualism. So they're individualistic thinkers and they see themselves as the red penny in a jar of 500 copper pennies. So everything they do is really so they can stand out, not necessarily invest properly.
2: You know, one of the client sets that we see and work with quite a bit is the grower, Steve. You know, our families at Reap Financial, they've typically done a phenomenal job of saving. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these type, they've got millions in the bank and they drive a 12-year-old Camry. <laughs> Right. They haven't been on a vacation, even though their wife wants to in seven years. Yeah. They live on, you know, ramen and watch Jeopardy reruns. That's retirement. Yeah. And a lot of what we do with our families is, you know, we put all this data together and show them Mm -hmm. what they can do. How do you spend money with confidence? Yeah. Well, one, you have a plan. That's what we do. But, but so much of what I do is encourage families to go and enjoy mm. the wealth. If you're not going to spend it on yourself, go help causes you believe in. Maybe gift money to your heirs while you're here. You get to see what kind of stewards they're going to be. That'll likely Absolutely. dictate your trust and how you're going to leave this money to them. But this is what the, the, the grower is one that we work quite a bit with. And a lot of our wealth radio listeners, you're going, now nah, that's me. That's me. Mm. It's almost like they need a level of freedom Mm -hmm. that they've never been given. It's almost like I can show them the data year after year after year, Mm -hmm. right? We slowly are getting them a little more comfortable, but they get to that wall and they won't take the step. I'm curious how you you work closely with people like that.
3: Yeah, so I, I work with people too with succession planning, but I do it from a behavioral perspective, like who's receiving this, who's coming into the business, who's in there now, what are the family members, what do they look like, how do they think? And it can get very complex at times. But what you're talking about with these that are the growers, their style is typically there's fear there. And when they think about that investment, they have a warped, perspective on the money. They don't see money as the tool. They see it more like a life preserver. And if you let go of it, you're going to drown. Hmm. And so what's happening is they need to learn to give themselves permission. Now, the people that are the high rollers and not big spenders, they give themselves forgiveness. <laughs> it's completely the the opposite. Yeah. So these people need permission to enjoy their wealth. And they have to be granted permission by an authority figure that they love and respect. And that's how you do it. That's how you move that needle, which it sounds like you're doing a pretty good job of doing, but that's how you do it. Again, Steve, we work
2: with families typically in a transition, you know, they're selling their business. They've had a windfall, maybe a large inheritance, or they've just done the heavy lifting and they've amassed enough to be able to transition into retirement or to, you know, another career or a new passion, it takes years of showing them, Hey, you stay in these bounds and you're never going to have to worry about money. Mm -hmm. You can spend every Mm -hmm. dollar confidently, but I'm thinking about the confused personalities. I'm wondering if you can expand on the confused a bit more because a lot of us, you know, didn't go to college and, and have, you know, a financial degree. And when it comes to money, it can be overwhelming. I don't know if that's the approach you were taking with it, or maybe you can expand on Yeah, that. so
3: this there can be several reasons for why this is. There can be a fear of the responsibility of wealth. Like some people, they're afraid of success. They're not afraid of failure. And they're afraid of success because they have a fear that they won't be able to maintain it once they achieve it. In other words, they're driven by not losing versus by winning. The problem with that is the drive to not lose is stronger than the drive to win just like the drive to not drown is stronger than the drive to just live. So these people they have a frustration because of that failure with the responsibility piece. They lack understanding on the technical, no training, no education, but then there's shame involved with that. They're afraid to tell somebody they haven't invested. Mm-hmm. They're afraid to tell somebody they haven't saved in their 54 years old because the shame, the shame in it so an investor that works with somebody like that helps them, that doesn't come off as judgmental, that comes off as loving and caring, and they're honest, you have a better chance of working with somebody like that if you kind of care for them and help them avoid that shameful feeling of, I had all these years I've been living and I haven't done anything with it. And that keeps them in a state of confusion. And that's why they don't like having good financial advisors. They don't want anyone to find out how stupid they were. Mm. That's how they're thinking. When you help them understand, look, it's not stupid. It's ignorant is a difference. Stupid is you can't know. Ignorant is you don't know.
2: You know, you think about people's greatest financial achievements. I often ask that of the families we consult with, you know, is what are, and you can learn a lot by somebody, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's straight to their net worth. Sometimes it's straight to their career. Sometimes it's their kids. Sometimes it's their marriage. Mm -hmm. But when you think about the following question. What is your greatest financial regret? That one supersedes (laughs) with this type of personality. There's no doubt. And probably others as well, you know, we've got a lot of content here. And obviously we only got an hour today, but before we go to break, Steve Sisler works with a lot of successful business owners. He works alongside the business owner with their employees many business owners alongside their very own clients. Steve, give us some insight as to how you consult with business owners out there.
3: Well, typically it's a retainer. So it's a 12 month retainer. And then on that retainer, whether it's the top level or all, it's usually decision makers, top level leaders, they all go through the psychometrics. So we have a database of their behavior, their wiring, their values, what motivates them, everything. So, when they're running into issues, which typically center around human beings, it's usually not education. It's usually not knowledge in the products and in the work. It's usually, you know, Bob's a jerk. And those are the issues that we work with. So, I have a family, I won't say where they're at, but they're in one of the states here in the union, been working with them for seven years. And there's two brothers owning the business. You know, 35 years. One of the brothers died suddenly of a heart attack. Both of his children are in the business. So now the uncle's got the nephews in the business and it's this kind of a dynamic. Yeah. Well, he ended up selling out to his sister-in-law who'd failed to tell the nephews. Now the nephews all want raises because you owe us. It turned into, uh, you know what? It was a real yeah. hoop show. So I came in and was able to predict exactly what was going to happen and so they started making decisions in order to keep because your own family will sue you if the right personality right and they had the right personality and anyway we got around it but it was a lot of work and what was happening is the one owner the uncle had what's known as a competing commitment he was more committed to not letting his brother down that had passed by not taking care of his family then he was protecting his own business from those two kids. And I had to tell him that and it was difficult and he broke down crying and he saw it for what it was. And the thing is, he was a tough guy. He walked around calling himself the TFO. (laughs) He's that kind of a guy, but this guy had a heart of gold and he was afraid of letting his brother down. But in the process, the nephews were eating away at the business and I saw it, described it, pointed it out and we fixed it. Yeah.
2: Sometimes as business owners, we can lose sight of things that are incredibly important because we get used to looking one direction or one way. And mm-hmm. that's what you, what's what you do with a lot of your business owners, whether they're exiting, whether they're bringing on new partners, new clientele, or new employees, for that matter. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of work there to help them in making sure that they're making the best decision for their need. Personality type and everything else. This is Steve Sissler, BehavioralResourceGroup.com, dot com, and I can make a personal introduction to Steve. I work with him personally. Email me Chris at dot com. We've got another segment here, but we got to take a quick news break. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: is the number to reach Chris and the Wealth Radio team. That's 512-249-7300. Set up a time for your complimentary retirement and tax analysis. 512-249-7300. Or take advantage of our free retirement resources at WealthRadio.com. That's WealthRadio.com. We want to be your retirement resource. Check out Chris's latest books and online courses at WealthRadio.com. That's WealthRadio.com.
2: Welcome back. This is Chris Herline. We're already in our last segment, quickest hour of the week in studio with me today, Steve Sisler of Behavioral Resource Group today, talking about kind of the psychology of money, the different personality types of so many of our listeners, you investors out there. And and Steve, you know, one of the the personality types, again, that we, we talked about was the caregiver, the financial hoarder, the freedom seeker, I want to talk real quick, if you can, just in, in another 60 seconds, 100, you know, two minutes here. Give me, give us the breakdown on the freedom seeker. Cause I know a lot of our listeners, a lot of our clients fall
3: into this category. So the freedom seeker personality type is an individualistic type and their goal is freedom and autonomy from constraints, rules. They believe there's more than one way to skin a cat. They believe life is filled with options. So, you know, somebody like the Internal Revenue Service, you can only do this. They're like, well, we have 10 choices here. And they're the ones that always ask their uh, CPA, why can't I call this a uniform? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> write it off, right? Yeah. Uh, but what they're doing is they believe they need resources in order to be free. So the goal is freedom and autonomy, not making money. Making money is a means to the freedom and the autonomy. And so, you know, their dominant focus is investing as a means to an end. So they're very, typically they're very open. They're very innovative. They're intuitive. There's a lot I could say about them. They tend to be great presenters and they uh, they see the world is something that they don't want to be tied to. And they want to be able to do what they want, whenever they want, wearing whatever they want, with whomever they want, however they want. That's what they want. And money will get them there. That's what they believe. And to some extent that's true. And so when they start investing, it's for that reason only. Right. So the people that will convince them of those things will be where their bias will be directed. So it's crazy. If you understand the way somebody's wired, then you can talk to them in a way that'll cause them to want to do what you believe is best for them. It's just like if you hold a cup of hot tea or a cup of cold tea, it'll change your decision making.
2: Is this the type of personality
3: that makes quick decisions? Yeah, they usually. They usually make quick decisions. So uh, freedom and autonomy is an attitude, not a behavior. So quick decision makers is behavioral. Freedom seeking is attitudinal. But typically you have more quick decision makers that are freedom seekers than people that are not quick decision makers and freedom seekers. So the odds are in the favor of them being quicker at making decisions.
2: Well, Steve Sisler joining us today on the behavioral And I work with Steve personally. And if this is resonating with a lot of you business owners, I can make a personal introduction to Steve and his team. Email me, Chris at wealthradio.com. He's got great resources and has done great work with companies all over the world and right here in the central Texas area. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm looking forward to having you on in future weeks. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Keep it right here. This is Wealth Radio. I'm Chris Herline. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Chris Herline here, partner at REAP Financial, author and host of Wealth Radio for 10 years now on KLBJ. Every week, we help successful families unlock strategies that will help them take more control of their wealth. And here's the big one. Save on taxes now and for years to come in retirement. Wealth Radio, Saturdays at 1 p.m. with myself, Chris Herline. 10 years together here on KLBJ and proudly serving the Austin community for 15 years. REAP Financial Group, LLC. Is an SEC registered
1: investment advisory firm helping individuals create retirement strategies.
2: As you go through this journey of life, there's no doubt money is a big part of it. You know, it can take you to a lot of places. It can mean that you're doing a lot of things that you've wanted to achieve, or maybe helping your family or causes you believe in along the way. But One of the things I always wanna stress, and this is for young and old listeners, is money is a tool, right? It's a tool that drives significance in life. It's not a tool that defines significance. And I gotta tell you, it's easy to get distracted by chasing the paycheck and chasing, you know, growing that nest egg of yours. But what's interesting is when you think about wealth and money for the matter, it doesn't bring a constant sense of joy and I've spoke on this before but when we think about the day-to-day I mean a lot of families a lot of individuals money is not what you do right you have a specific niche and skill and trade and degree likely that you know what you do well but when it comes to money people aren't really good at figuring out what to do with this money sometime and when you think about us as humans we get really conditioned to positive experiences we want to be increasing our lifestyle through the years and things along that. But, you know, I think about pleasures in life and they can be short lived when we don't have comforts, Mm -hmm. uh, when they're not front and center. Oftentimes, that's when we really become aware of of their absence. And so when we talk about wealth on this program, we want to help families figure out how to build an amazing life of significance. And I use that consistently over the years because it's so much more than money. It's uh, it's really using money to uh, define what success and happiness means for you. Money is a tool that will help you achieve things in life that you're passionate about or help people you love or causes you believe in. Wealth to me is really building a life of significance. That includes, you know, leaving a lasting legacy. Whether you have heirs or not, your legacy will be measured. For the clients I work with and my team of advisors here in Austin work with, Generally, we're meeting families at a point where they've amassed wealth, they've been saving along the way, or they've sold a business, and you realize that, you know, that's not the end game. You know, you got to your number, but now, are we in a position to enjoy this money? Spend it confidently? Is it designed to last as long as we do? That's where we really come in alongside families and help them identify things like, do you have enough? If so, congrats. But What's the next step? What are we gonna do with this wealth? You know, what are you gonna do to go pursue that next stage of life? We call it retirement. For a lot of our clients, we meet them five to 10 years out from retirement or walking into retirement. And when you really get down to the soft issues behind closed doors with families, it's not the number that matters at the end of the day. It's maintaining their standard of living, increasing their standard of living. And as I mentioned, protecting what they've worked so hard for and then using it in a way that can fulfill the passions that they've sought after or helping family along the way. Join me next week, this very time, right here on News Radio KLBJ. Um.
0: 512-249-7300 is the number to reach Chris and the Wealth Radio team. That's 512-249-7300. Set up a time for your complimentary retirement and tax analysis. 512-249-7300. Or take advantage of our free retirement resources at WealthRadio.com. That's WealthRadio.com.
1: If you're retired or retiring soon, tune into Wealth Radio every Saturday at 1 p.m. Sponsored by Reap Financial Group, LLC. Investment advisory services provided by Reap Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Opinions expressed in this broadcast are provided for information purposes only and may change without prior notice. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed in any way as an endorsement or inducement to invest or an offer to buy or sell any securities. The sales content should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor and tax professional should be consulted before making any investment decisions or implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The firm only transacts in states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration is not not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.